Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer John Loomis. John has worked with clients such as ESPN, Golf Digest, Wired Magazine, and Nike, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to John about his recent cover for ESPN Magazine, how he approaches portraiture, and I also speak to John about his newly founded creative studio named Runway 4, in partnership with photographer Rob Tringali and veteran photo director Jim Serber. John is also the host of the Eyeball Podcast, where he speaks with a variety of creative professionals. Um, Definitely go check it out. It's available on all podcast platforms. Great conversations on the Eyeball Podcast. You know, and I was really excited to speak with John. Um, He's been in the industry uh, for a while and brings a wealth of knowledge and experience in the creative world. Um, So I was really excited to get a chance to speak with him about his journey and all the interesting projects he's been working on as of lately. So I hope you enjoy this conversation, and thanks so much for listening. Well, John Loomis, welcome to the podcast, man. Excited to have you, fellow photographer, fellow podcaster. Anybody listening, go check out John's uh, podcast, uh, the Eyeball Podcast. Um, it's kind of you interview photographers, creatives, all types of interesting people. Um, definitely go check that out. Uh, but to get straight to it, John, I got a bone to pick with you, man. Oh, good. Cool. Looking at your website, man, you put your death row meal, your last meal is a turkey club sandwich. Are, are we still sticking with that? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, on the podcast, I had a good friend of mine who's a chef recently. And fancy food is great. But man, when it comes to just like satisfying your soul, I mean, I assume you'd want that for your last meal. I want to go just classic, man, like a really good diner BLT, a really good diner turkey club, man, that's that's sick. That's awesome. Uh, especially, you know, I, I upgrade a little bit with the duck fat fries and some decent beer. True. But I'll give you the duck fat fries and the other stuff. It was just like, well, I think turkey, turkey isn't my top tier meat. I'm going looking at your pictures. You're doing some sick briskets. I see you barbecuing. Yeah, like, it's I'm true. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I, I like turkey. I, lo- I mean, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Uh, it's my I think it's the most American most earnest, most authentic way we do it. And so, yeah, I, I, uh, I dig the turkey. As long as you make it right, and I've, I've, I've made a bunch of turkeys in my life. Yeah, I'm sticking with it because, you know, like what I love about it, and the same thing is the same thing in creativity. It's a, it's a perfect canvas to then take it a million directions. So you're at a cool place and they go kind of avocado toast with your turkey club. Nice. And someone slides in some pickle, you know, like, you're like okay, cool. Yeah, so I love things that can be, it's more about the sort of the vehicle you're going to take me to someplace in than more than like, oh, here we have tonight. You're like, okay, just calm down, get buddy. Like, you know, like, I don't need any truffles on this thing. Uh, so, yeah, I stick right. it with it. All right, yeah. man. I, I respect it, man. I, 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 had to, I had to give you a little hard time on that one. Um, but, yeah, man, I guess, like, to start off, like, obviously being crazy year for anybody. Um, but, like, how have you been doing? I know you, you just started a new company, Runway 4, with, I believe, like, Rob Tringali and Jim Server. Mm-hmm. But just, like, overall, like, how's the last bit year been for you with everything going on, I guess? You know, I think anyone who has kids, it's been, you know, in lots of people without kids, it's been very trying. You know, it's tough to keep your headspace in the right place and to see, you know, the potential for greener pastures ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the same time, like you said, I've been building a company during this last whole year with my buddy, uh, with my two buddies, Rob Tringali and Jim Serber, who we've, you know, worked together for 
15, 20 years. I mean, Rob and Jim have been working together since day one at ESPN, the yeah. day that literally Jim Server was like first day, almost, I think maybe, I don't know if he was an intern or what, but he like, there's this guy, Rob Shingali, you're going to really like working with him. And all that time later, uh, they're still working together. So it's tough to build something when all you see around you is just complete lack of opportunity. Mm -hmm. But that is when it's the most important to be creative and to be problem solving and to build a new path. Like you see these paths disappearing. I think if we're honest with ourselves, these paths have been disappearing for a long time. Now, finally, you were coming to terms with like, oh, guess what? Magazines are, you know, depending on what your slant is and what your creative field is, what, everyone is experiencing some sign of eclipsing of what used to work. And so you got to dig a little deeper and you got to come up with some new ideas and, and try to see if you can't fashion a new life, which more closely resembles the creative life you've always wanted to have. Mm -hmm. And the people who are going to do that and the people who are going to like say, hmm, what if we try this? What this kind of what if what if we go this direction? They're going to come out of this, you know, 10 times stronger and I think more importantly, 10 times happier. Yeah. Cuz was runway 4 was that something you guys had talked to before talked about before the pandemic or something that just kind of came up like within the last year or what was kind of how that kind of all come about and like I guess like what's the overall goal with that uh, company, I guess. Rob and I have been buddies for a long time and you know, we talk pretty much weekly anyway for the last several years. Runway four came out of those conversations and it, it was just, this is pre-pandemic. We were trying to build it and maybe even launch it, you know, and this time last year. But you look around and just a terrible time to launch a company, at least that company. I mean, maybe a, a Zoom type client company, perfect time. But for a creative company in which we're going to go and experience the world next to other people, not the right time. So, you know, the way we think about it and it's not complicated. This isn't brain surgery, mm -hmm. though Rob doesn't like when I say it's not brain surgery. Um, <laughs> we love to tell stories yeah. and we like to tell, we like to be authentic, authentic with ourselves and our authentic with our clients, our audience and the people who want to engage in those stories. And so we have all 20 plus years of experience doing this thing. And we're trying to say, Hmm, well, it's not broken, but there's obviously a room here to hold our clients' hands and find new clients and help them tell stories more dynamically moving into the future. And also better integrate and engage the way your audience is in 17 different channels all at once. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're so used to, at least from a publishing standpoint, I've done you know so much of my work in editorial. It's like top down, you know, like it's just like one side just like starts saying this thing and there's no there's no loop. You know, there's like a letters to the editor page and that's it. Yeah. And that's even that's highly curated. You know, it's not even a real taste of like what they might have thought. I don't think that necessarily I don't it's not that it doesn't work anymore. It's that there's a better way and there's a more dynamic way, especially on the technology side for the creation of work to tell stories with shooting drone stuff for doing motion stuff with doing still stuff with doing a mixture of all those things together. And so that's kind of how one way four was created to give us a vehicle to not only do more dynamic storytelling, but then to be more in charge of our own creative life and to be more on the conceptual side where, where we're not waiting for a client to call us and saying, Oh, we want to do a story on this. Mm -hmm. We're calling the client saying, you know, like right now we're heading to baseball season. 
looking around for storylines, you know, we're all sports guys. Runway four is not a sports company, but it is a part of what we all will always be passionate about. Yeah. Coming in, you know, we know the storylines or is coming up, you know, we're, we're, we're pitching these ideas all over the place and we're on the front side of it. It's our idea and we're working in collaboration with the company to help sculpt it. So it's a different position for the image maker to be in. No, it's interesting. I think it's smart because I think like for a long time, like still photographers can get stuck in the lane of like, I do everything myself. I don't like work with other people. And, you know, I, I spent a lot of time like working as like a grip and stuff like on like TV commercials and broadcast stuff. And you, you realize that like people that are working in that sphere it, it's all collaboration it's totally. not it's not like just one man it's like whatever you need to do whoever you need to team up with to get the job done that's the thing so it is it is cool and i think smart that you guys are doing that because like as you know the with media now it's not just still photography like even within the last couple of years i've had like just like bloomberg business week i was just shooting uh still uh still project and they're like, yeah, can you just shoot like this little video clips? And this mm -hmm. is like add-ons and add-ons. So sure. I, would, I would imagine it's like teaming up. It allows you to guys to take on bigger projects and like do more stuff pretty much. Well, it also, you know, thinking more about where we're moving in the future as an image maker, as a creative, in order to make this work, you have to be more involved with the pre-production and the post-production. So mm -hmm. You know, we've all been, you know, digital retouchers and not really gotten paid for it for, you know, X number of years with a new company, a lot of those skills, you know, especially when it bring, you bring Jim Serber into, into the, the program, it's being paid for the whole thing. And mm -hmm. for all the different creative decision-making and problem solving that we're all have always been doing. Yep. So, you know, it's, it, it does make good business now, you know, we're it's early days. We have lots of uh, excited clients and we're building stuff and we're, you know, it's, it's going great. You know, this year, everyone sees it's going to be tricky. You know, the brands are trying to figure it out. A lot of brands are still not advertising. They just mm -hmm. don't see the value yet. You know, you know, Budweiser got tons of press for like kind of pushing the brakes on the Budweiser brand for the Super Bowl. Now they, they advertise like four other brands, but you know, like, People are looking around and saying, mm, I don't know if it's the time right now. So it is tricky and we're all trying, waiting and seeing a little bit, but I think that, I think it's there. I honestly think that it, it I, I don't know if runway is, you know, the entire future, obviously it's not. Someone's going to have another great idea, but I think that there is a lot of opportunity if you open up your mind a little bit and see a different perspective. Yeah, and I saw you guys, I just got on this thing. I saw you, I think you, Jim and Tringali, you guys jumped on uh, Clubhouse, this new app. That shit is wild. Like, anybody <laughs> download that app. At first, I was like, oh, this is kind of weird, whatever. It, to explain it to people. is Well, but if it's weird for you, then someone who doesn't hear their own voice on the regular, they must be just blown away by it because that's a that's a, that's part of a skill set. But, uh, yeah, man, yeah. Um, I'm digging it. I, I was on a I was on a clubhouse just before we jumped on. You know, just listen to. You know, it seems like it's always Matthew and Tim Tatter talking about something, <laughs> which is cool. I, I mean, I re, I respect it. They, those guys have a lot of experience, and they're sharing it with a lot of young photographers, and that's great. I I, I love us as an industry doing that better um, because this idea that like you know, I mean, I, I've I've worked hard and I have some things I've learned hard over the time, but like 
it's so stupid that there's secrets like oh yeah here's my my top secret lighting tip it's like it's not it's not top secret you know like some people maybe get it get some of that maybe dan winters can have a couple secrets because that's very hard earned everyone else is like just chill out like it's not <laughs> no don't take yourself so seriously just share your knowledge yeah definitely it was just so interesting Cause, yeah because there's so many photographers on there and i've only been using it like for a week now but i've talked to like We've been having all these interesting conversations about people like, what's your experience having a rep? Like, how do you charge? And then like, at one point I was like basically doing like a live interview with like the head of photography for CBS and this talked to her for like an hour. So it's like the technology is interesting. I, I, anybody hop on and check it out because it, it is, it is one of the coolest things I've seen in a while. And I was glad to see you guys were utilizing it. Um, but I guess yeah, go- I mean, you know, it, it's still invite only. So if someone needs a needs an invite, you know, hit me up, hit Alex up because yeah. it's it's worth joining the conversation. Uh, it's worth digging in because it, it does seem like, you know, I was talking about this with the well, the podcast I released yesterday with Noah uh, Kalina. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it. It had been a minute since there had been a new social media network that actually felt valuable and felt like, yeah, oh, this might be something you might want to bring into your, your world. Yeah. Yeah. And you definitely, there are some rooms that are kind of like, you can kind of pick and choose. There's some room, there's some bullshit out there, but if you find the right room with a cool group of people, you can definitely learn some stuff. Um, but I guess to go back, man, I was kind of curious, like how do you kind of initially get into photography? I guess. It's the old, uh, cute girl said she likes photography. And I said, I do too. You know, it's, <laughs> it's that simple. Um, photography found me in high school. Um, you know, the slightly more, exciting story is that I, I think I signed up for classes late and it was either journalism one or weightlifting and the weightlifting was in the old gym and it stunk just like, just vile. And I would have picked it if it had not been in the old gym. And, uh, but I didn't, I picked journalism one and then you had to specialize and a girl named autumn who was very pretty said, I like photography. I was like, me too. (laughs) So, uh, you know, and then it was, you know, it's the same thing. Uh, it, I, you're in, uh, you know, back in the day, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm over 40. So that was, you know, red lights and dark room and disgusting chemicals and, you know, dirty trays and seeing a print explode into life in front of you. And, yeah. you know, real, you know, rolling film in the dark and all that stuff. And so there was magic, you know, like literally magic. And uh, I was hooked and I've been doing it basically professionally ever since. I mean, I've been shooting, you know, for newspapers and everything else since I was 15. So it's been a long road. Well, wow, that's awesome, man. And like, like, did you end up going to school for photography or do you just kind of teach yourself or like how'd that kind of work for you? I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I went to school, I went to Missouri, I went to University of Missouri and studied photojournalism in English. And, you know, I, I learned a lot there. I'm very grateful for my time there and for my instructors there. Um, it's a, it's a school I still care about. And I, you know, I, I do lectures there on the regular and I, I like it. I think that we're, if we're honest with ourselves, the th- the people and the places we really learn from are our colleagues and our friends as we grow up. And, you know, especially when you've had as long as a career as I have, and I'm very grateful for it. You know, there's been so many amazing photographers who I've known over, the, over you know, over the years who were, you know, some of them quite honestly, much better than I was, but they didn't want to run a business or they didn't want to promote themselves or they didn't want to go through the hoops. And I get it. But that's what my career has been based on the actual art of photography. I've learned so much from so many along the way. I mean, like, like I said, with clubhouse, I mean, what a great education in photography. If you're not someone who is yep. looking at a, you know, a college to teach you some of that stuff, 
you know, there is no better teacher than making the billions of bad photographs that I've made. Yep. But Clubhouse is a great place to go and listen and like, you know, just observe and hear just something simple, like how much failure it takes for a creative person to start succeeding. Yeah. Like, you know, just understanding like failing is nothing. Just keep, keep pushing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was college for me. And then, um, freelance straight from there, even though I had done a bunch of newspaper work, uh, in college, you know, being journalism school, but, uh, it was clear early on that that wasn't going to be the way I did it because, uh, I just hated someone being able to send me to a fire at like 10 p.m. at night. I thought it was so stupid. <laughs> so I yeah, didn't, I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Cause what kind of stuff were you shooting at that point? You're, you're, you're studying journalism, but like looking at your work now, it's mostly like, it's a lot of portrait based stuff. Like what, what, what kind of stuff were you shooting early on pretty much? Oh, I was, I was sure I was just about to be a Magnum, you know, like that was, uh, we were all, <laughs> they were seconds away from asking us to join and, and just gallivant around and, you know, wear scarves and shit. So, um, my work was very documentary. It's very personal. There's, there's shades of that still in my work, but you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm come from not humble, but you know, very blue collar family and background. And so I had to hustle from day one. And so I was working for New York, New York times, you know, all, like two assignments a day of, if I could get it and just keeping pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And so, um, the big teacher for me was the market, you know, and by, if you started working, I mean, I started working, you know, when I was 15, but then, you know, start really working in magazines, early 2000s, they're very, you know, there's only a handful at that point, 20 years ago of documentary assignments left. And I shot a lot of them, but after that, like, I didn't want to shoot conflict and there wasn't a lot of us-based non-political regular documentary work. And so my then rep Redux pictures had to literally like, like just pull the, the portraits out of me. Like I, I remember as the, my portfolio got more and more portrait heavy. They'd be like, we need more. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, there's like, what were you kind of like hesitant at first? You didn't want to kind of make the jump to more portrait stuff or I think it's, I didn't want anyone to tell me what should, you know, like be in my book more so than I couldn't see it. I couldn't, I couldn't see that I was, you know, we we're all going to get a million portrait assignments and that yeah. was going to be the thing. And even like, I mean, even the travel work I was doing was portraits basically with, you know, with, with like some details and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, my background is photojournalism and I still use a lot of those skills, you know, and especially in the way I talk to people and, and look around and always trying to find, you know, a closed door to figure out what's behind that one and trying to, you know, the way I see things, the way I'm looking for stuff, but you know, it quickly over, you know, in the first 10 years of my career, portraits became a bigger and bigger part of it. Have you, have you always been based in the DC area? No, no, no. I'm from, uh, my, my family's from Miami back in the day. And, um, I went to school, like I said, in the Midwest and then kind of headed back East. And, uh, yeah, I was in North Carolina for a couple of years and I was in Miami for a number of years. And then we were, I was in New York for, oh, seven years like that. Um, and, in, in the city. And, um, and then, I mean, we've been back down in DC, you know, at that point I was married, we had a kid. And my wife had an opportunity down here. So we came down. So DC has been great. It's been, it's been, uh, I wouldn't have guessed it was going to be this good because DC has gotten a lot more interesting over the past, you know, 10 years, but it's been a great place to be based. Yeah. Um, there's a couple, you know, I mean, there's a lot of good magazines based out of there. Obviously Nat Geo's based there. It's Smith, sure. Smithsonian. I think air and space museum, uh, mm -hmm. air and space magazine. So there's some cool stuff down there for sure. And as someone who's like lived in a, a multiple markets, like, you know, like so many people think you need to move to New York or LA, like, 
what's your kind of opinion being that you, you had the experience living in New York. Now you've lived, now you're living in DC. Like nowadays, do you think you need to live in one of those big markets to start your career? What's kind of your, your opinion you think? I think it depends on where you're at and what you want to do. I mean, if, if you're passionate about shooting celebrity stuff, then, you know, you kind of know where you need to live. Right. Yeah. But if, you know, you're an architectural photographer, maybe it doesn't matter. I mean, especially right now after COVID, I think people are going to be really taking a hard look and saying, hmm, why am I down the road from a place that I can't ever go to in person again? You know, is that where I want to be? Now, maybe you do because your friends are there and you love the city and you love the energy. But I think a lot of people will find themselves somewhere else and just, you know, do more travel to get to where they need to go or, you know, do things a little bit more virtually. So, you know, that's not even, that's not a creative thing. That's a, just everyone in general is going to be relocating. Markets, you know, they got a lot more important and regionalized as the virtual sort of thing really came online 20 plus years ago. Yeah. But editors finally were able to see a really good snapshot of who was in Austin instead of having to know someone who knew someone who knew someone who might know someone who might be down there or instead of having to put someone on a plane. It turns out there was a lot of great people that they just didn't know the names. Mm -hmm. And now there's, you know, some of the tools are better or worse, but now it's a lot easier for the people who are hiring uh, creatives to figure out who might be a little closer to that assignment. Yeah, definitely. Also, they don't have the, the money to send anyone for a lot of these things. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I've talked to so many photographers, like, especially like in the advertising world, like if you have dope work, like they're going to hire you. They don't, they don't really care. Cause like, they're just going to do the, send them the treatment. You'll do the creative call. Cause I know like dudes live in Idaho dudes live in like Minnesota and there, there's people doing it for sure. And not living in New York or LA. So I don't think, cause I think for a lot of times, like, do I need to move to New York? And I'm just like, I never have. So somehow still been able to make it work, but it's always, yeah. I mean, you know, I think you wouldn't be you know new york is new, the northeast has a certain mentality i mean boston has a very particular version of that mentality <laughs> but i think the thing's important about the new york idea and you don't have to live there to get a sense of it but i would hate for a creative never to experience the vibe and the hustle and the, oh yeah definitely the, hung, the hunger you know like it totally changed the way i saw my work when i moved there and realized like man everyone I know doing killers. Thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. They're, they're absolute killers. And they're not just killers. Like for the client, they're so excited to get this job and this opportunity to go out there and make great pictures for themselves. Mm -hmm. And like, they're not, they're not just executing this assignment and this creative brief, brief. Well, they're inspiring their clients to build newer and bigger things with them. And like, that's a totally different level. Everyone, you start off being like, no, I hope I do a good job in the assignment. And then you quickly need to change gears. That it's not about who you're working with today. It's about who you're going to try to be working with tomorrow. Yeah. And so, you know, I've been lucky enough to have sort of that realization a few times in my career. And, um, in a way the new company runway four is, is that, you know, us saying we gotta be working harder for ourselves because there's more in it. We can, you know, we can see the possibility. So like, let's get there. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Dude, you and Tringali, man, you guys get after it, dude. You guys are motivating, man. I see you guys online, man. You guys are you guys are getting after it. So it's definitely inspiration for sure. Um, Rob has has a lot of energy. He's kind of <laughs> like a he's a, he's like a young dog. He's running after it. Um, yeah, man, and he's you know he's he's a he's the silver fox. He's getting he you know he's he's not the youngest man in the room, but you wouldn't know it. He he works his butt off. Good, yeah. good for him. Yeah, no doubt. And I guess in terms of like the approach of your work, like. 
like how do you describe like your like i guess style aesthetic or your approach to photography and it has it like kind of changed much over the years or what's kind of your i guess like visual approach if you had to describe it you think yeah i always had a hard time encapsulating kind of what it was because it was so dependent on that job that client those opportunities and you know that kind of stuff you know what you can do you know i was on call today about a cover shoot i have coming up what you can do on a cover shoot with a certain kind of client and a certain kind of subject is totally different than what you can do on, on a different on a feature shoot with a more willing client or more well you know who knows so mm. um what i want to do when i'm on assignment is uh absolutely just hit a monster home run for my client i want to create a fan out of them more so than that i want to have a good time myself and i'll create a i want to feel like i created a moment that was unique that isn't likely to happen again i want to share a moment with that subject who has honored me by being with me and has decided to collaborate with me and creating something new and i really want to and this comes back to the journalism school i really want to connect my subject with the audience and make as pure as a you know connection so that they can really understand why this person is special you know and i photographed i've been you know i've been blessed to photograph a lot of you know people that other people might know and you know mm -hmm. some celebrities and a lot of famous athletes and all the world leaders and all these other people and i've photographed a ton of people no one's ever heard of and i've been excited to meet all of them yeah, because... man, the, fr the frog kings, dude. The frog kings are kings, man. Look at these clothes right now, <laughs> dude. Talk. That was some late. That was some, some late night stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about a, a field and stream story about uh, like the most legendary frog hunters in upstate New York. Like it was literally. I mean, it's basically Canada. I think it was like four miles from the border of Canada. Yeah, like that was like we started to shoot at like two a.m. <laughs> that, was, that was a that was a long one uh, yeah but this goes back to so you say like you photographed all these famous people which is cool but there's this like so many interesting personalities and stories to tell out there and it's just like interesting absolutely. like I, I like that thing i was like i was like i would never know that was like a thing you know of course and those guys are amazing and to me you know you were looking around and like <laughs> social media is just filled with like people are so hungry to, be, to get that attention mm -hmm. Which is cool, man. I mean, I want attention. I want people to recognize me for my talents. But what I really love is someone who is so themselves, they can't even help it. You know, that's just, they are them. And a lot of celebrities you meet are that, you know, yeah. they have their thing and that's why, that's why they got there. And that's cool. I love it. A lot of other people, you know, are just so uncomfortable in their skin and to meet people who are just living out loud. You're just like, oh my God, look at that. It's, that is beautiful. And, you know, that's always when I talk about like, you know, my favorite assignments and my favorite um, stuff, it really always truly has been the next one. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, there's been a couple that have lived longer in my memory and been special because of, you know, whatever I like in my life and that kind of stuff. But really, you know, the journalist is always so excited for the next adventure. And I, that's been with me the entire time. Like, I love what's next. And yeah. so, you know, and that's, I mean, it's kind of what has allowed me to keep going. It's just like the idea that I might be headed on a new adventure next tomorrow, the next call, the next, you know, the next pitch that might be green lit, like being able to say yes to an idea is so cool. And that's, that's always been the thing that's been propelling me forward. Yeah, definitely. I agree, man. Like I always think like, I like, I always think like, what's this year going to bring? Like I was looking at my work from like last year, 
uh, like obviously this year has had like different challenges to make work or whatever but yeah that is the cool thing about photography it's like damn what's down the line like who am i going to photograph who am i going to meet where am i going to go and it, that's what kind of keeps it exciting totally. uh, and, and you know one thing like you've been doing this a long time do you walk away from like every shoot like completely satisfied or is there times where you kind of second guess like creative decisions or or there is sometimes where the you know obviously you go in with the best intentions but sometimes there's this stuff that's kind of out of your control you know yeah uh anyone who tells you that every single one of their shoots have been success is absolutely fucking lying to you yeah uh that's crazy yeah uh, you know like <laughs> I mean, a good baseball player. Sorry to keep making sports references. Good baseball hey, player I like sports, man. I got some golf co golf questions coming. So, like, we, oh, okay. Cool. Well, <laughs> all right. Um, I, I can tell you what the people I photographed would tell you to do. I, I won't be able to tell you anything myself. Like, my, my golf handicap is not impressive. But <laughs> um, the, yeah, man, I mean, I work really hard to have an opportunity to make something special. Yeah. That's all you, that's all I am ever really like guaranteed as an opportunity to find a way in and find a connection and then find a format then find a the right location to find the right environment to find the right moment to find the right joke to make that moment that just like pop them out of their head they're no longer be photographed they're just in the world yeah that doesn't that doesn't happen every time not every subject is ready not every subject is dressed in a way that's going to be conducive to a great photograph or it's hot mm -hmm. or it's sweaty or the client has a bad idea or or, you know, my song and dance didn't work today. You know, they're, they're not into it. They're not buying it. Um, I've had, you know, I, the thing that, you know, you get haunted by, haunted is a strong word for it, but, you know, you look back on shoots you had in years past, you're like, my God, I can't believe anyone was happy with this. Like, are you kidding me? Like, oh, there's so much man. more <laughs> orange to squeeze in that, in that shoot. Like, what the, God, how did I not see, why didn't a step left, you know, and like, you know, it's the same thing as when you're looking at someone else's work in a magazine, you're seeing the opportunity of working with some person you've always been excited to like, you know, to meet or to photograph or to engage with, you are like, man, that, and that's what happened. Like, damn, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the full story. Of course I don't. I don't know. I'm sure it was difficult. I'm sure this happened. I'm sure that happened. They always do. I don't have any shoots that don't have challenges, but mm -hmm. that, you know, that problem solving and that changing gears and, and and just rolling with it that's that is this job and so you know it's it's one of the things i think about a lot as we have god you know thankfully gotten more creative and more unique and more diverse voices into our industry over the past couple of years we have to support them both you know other photographers and you know their clients yep. to be in the best opportunities to tell these stories because some of these people haven't had enough at bats to you know, no, oh, this is going bad. How am I going to, how am I going to fix it? How am I going to change gears? How am I going to not going to be hard on myself? And, you know, that it takes a long time to get comfortable when things start going crazy. And yeah. uh, so, you know, um, I'm excited to see some of these new diverse voices get more experience and then like really just start slaying. That'll be very exciting to see. Yeah, I agree. Cause like, we work in the creative business you always you always hear the word creative 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 and if you just have the same people doing it all the time that's not really creative and it's like it's cool when like different people come on board and you can see what they bring to it and like see where photography goes because it's just interesting seeing like 
different trends and different techniques and like yeah mm -hmm. man i'm always excited like honestly like i get hyped talking to younger photographers more than anything because they're this like so pumped on it you know so yeah yeah i, I, I totally, totally agree it's good to have different new voices and uh see where it goes you know um yeah hey, I'm, I'm i apologize let me uh one second yeah you're good dude uh it's all good um I was excited to talk to you. You just shot a cover for ESPN. I was just kind of curious. What the, it was a real creative uh, cover. Uh, you got some really good stuff out of it. I was kind of curious. Uh, what was your kind of approach to that photo and how that kind of all came about to you? Came about for you? Uh, you know, I was thinking about that recently because a friend of mine was like, "Wait, where did that come from?" And I was, I identified exactly where it came from, and it came from when I was like sixteen. Uh, you know, that that little paper where I grew up in Tallahassee, Florida, the Democrat, which still exists, uh, though I've worked for some other papers, which do not exist anymore. That's how old I am. The um, there was this, you know, there were great photographers there and they, you know, it was a college town. So it was, you know, they would really pull it out when it was like FSU preview, family preview stuff. And I remember them doing this like beautiful, continuous light with a strobe pop blur thing. And the colors of the jerseys of those two teams are like um are green and was it green and red and green green and orange and red and gold mm -hmm. and there was this opportunity to do something beautiful and when this project came in you know this is a this is an athlete who isn't going to be in the jersey she currently wears this is all about her future so we can do anything we want and for some reason the first thing that popped in my head was was you know what if we what if we started doing some color blurs and what if we do this whatever that and i actually had a hard time finding a lot of reference stuff that i was kind of into so it was a lot of you know luckily i'm working with a client who i've been working with for a long time so they trusted me but you know uh we just started playing and you know when you're doing this stuff i mean you can tell there's well there's i think we should change clothes six or seven times so wow. it's a long day it's a big day and it's a lot of technical stuff because you know, you're moving around, you're doing the thing, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to then put it into one dynamic frame, maybe some of its post-production in terms of different changing colors. You have to be totally locked down, which I hate. I hate locking down. Yeah. I like to be very fluid. I like moving with the athlete. I like, I like badgering them. I like talking to them. I like challenging them. I had like three different tripods rolling for the different parts of different things. I'd squeeze that taped off this, taped off that. We have like tons of continuous lighting, tons of strobe. It was a it was a big day, but um, luckily were we were getting. Were you shooting continuous lights because you had a motion aspect to it, or that was just part of uh, your technique, I guess. Well, those, these pictures, and um, as you can see, there's that blur. Yeah, that's how you get that blur. Okay. So you you're painting them, and they're moving through space with the continuous light, and then at the peak action, you're choosing because I'm shooting on bulb, and the peak action second rear sync, I'm snapping it and getting that that captured moment. So. I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, it's actually a lot of back to like the very beginning for me, it was a lot of magic. It was a lot yeah. like, okay, what's going to happen here? And then figuring out, you know, you could have done this 10 times. It changes every single time you're doing it in a different environment. So, mm -hmm. um, it, it's, what's will be fun is this next uh, cover I'm doing will be totally different, but sort of some of the same inspired elements. Yeah. And, uh, uh you know, I, I guarantee you, I have learned and not learned. <laughs> a lot of things and so we'll see how it uh it all works out for the next one ah, it seemed really fun like because like when 
you know, people listening, like w- when the client ESPN reached out to you, like, did they, did they have a lot of creative input in like what they wanted or like, how did it get to the point where this is what you were doing? I guess. I think so. My job is not just to press a, a shutter button on a camera or record video on a, on a video camera or to fly a drone or to make a GIF or do whatever else, you know, runway four and, and my job before it, my, our currency is ideas. That's where it starts. So if you come to me, there's already a concept. Sometimes there's already even a story, but then that's a, that's a launching place. And then I'm going to throw everything I can at it to see what else it can be and how can we can crystallize and distill or explode and change the narrative we've already created. So, you know, I knew who she was. I knew what was going on. And I knew, you know, I've shot so much basketball for them and over the years, I knew that it was such a great opportunity to create these dynamic motions. And so because things are now, you know, motion covers, it seemed like a, a great fit. And mm-hmm. uh, so there was all my creative. I mean, they, of course, had to say, yeah, that seemed like a good idea. But I was able to paint a good picture for them. They could see what it could be. And then, uh, you know, on a project like that, you know, there's a lot of it is created in camera, but there you're never working in the perfect environment. So, you know, we we're working in a gym. Luckily, we had a gym locked down for a whole day. There's tons of setup. Um, it was a really long shoot, but you can't ever make it dark enough. You're not shooting in like a black box studio. So... Yeah. You know, I, a big credit goes to in this shoot, uh, there was all my creative vision with my retoucher, Zach Vitale, uh, who is, you know, former Boston guy himself and a really good friend. He had a huge role in playing to like capturing and, and sort of making this all come together in this special way. Yeah. And like, had you even like, had you done like a test shoot, like prior to the actual shoot day to kind of like get an idea if this would work or do you just kind of, kind of ran with it the day of, I guess. Um, you know, to make my clients nervous, I hate test shoots. Uh, <laughs> the, the problem is, and this might not be a problem for everybody it is for me, if it's not real, it's not real. Yeah. And so like, I, I, I don't really like any gear. I, I have no interest in gear. I'm not a gear guy. I only like to tell stories. So I get in a room and I start trying to solve problems, tell stories and figure it out. Sometimes that's bit me in the ass because I'm literally using a new lens and it comes to find out it doesn't work and never did. It was just my box in my office the whole time. Yeah. That's a problem. Uh, usually when I buy gear, it sort of works. I know I know how to work it perfectly, but I can make it work. You work long enough and you have to find ways to surprise yourself. You have to put yourself kind of into the boiling water before you figure out how to, how to make it work. And I, I probably should get mature enough at some point to not do it this way, but I kind of like it. I, I want to kind of get in over my head and then start making choices and experiencing, you know, I, I used to work with this really wonderful photographer named Adam Rust and um, I didn't understand it at all, all the time because I was like 19, but um, he would get to an assignment for like, like an hour, hour and a half, two hours before the, it started and he just would walk yeah. and sit down experience things and look around and be inspired and i would we'd be in the office and then we were, this is a newspaper which this one no longer exists the birmingham post herald and i like he's like well i'm, I'm heading out i was like oh i think it's i thought your things at six he's like yeah but i was gonna you know i was gonna go sit there it's like what in the fuck are you talking about <laughs> and now i i totally get it like 
you know, like, you don't, you don't feel rushed. If this job is not for me. Yeah. If I can't find satisfaction and life and energy and fun and spontaneity there, I, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. So I have to work in a way that makes me feel it. And then I can feel that subject and like be grateful for them being there and the collaboration and everything else. I have to be in it in order to do it and to do it well. And because, uh, especially when it's like, you know, because I've done so much sports, there's no fake in it. And I, I see a lot of time for shooting sports and they're happy to be working with such a graceful athlete who has this form, which is, you know, we see as being, as being ideal, yep. but they clearly don't know sports at all. And they deal with them in this very awkward, weird way. Like it's like, uh, oh, well, they're a ballet dancer, maybe. And that's cool, like whatever. But like, it always used to drive me crazy when like New York photo editors would get like some fashion person and have like do sports and they're like, oh, what? look at the, I mean, sports, who cares, right? Yeah. It's like, well, someone probably does. Um, and so, yeah, I, I wanna I wanna engage, I wanna respond. And so it, I, that's part of the way I need to, uh, to deal with it. No, definitely. And you know, one thing I was kind of curious and talking to you about, yeah, like, Alex, I can't hear you right now, buddy. Oh, can you can hear me now. Sorry about that, John. Um, Fine. You know, one thing I was interested in talking to you about, like, obviously, um, you've had a long history with ESPN. Um, you've had done a lot of work with Golf Digest. Um, I was just curious, me, you could talk a little bit about like, how you've been oh, able to like, buddy, you're breaking up again. Shit, man. What the heck? Sorry, man. That's literally never happened to me. Weird. Yeah, it's a little, yeah. little, it's a tiny stacky, but that's better. Yeah, it's a little more even now. Yeah, I think I might need to get a new XLR cord or something. Sorry. Hopefully it keeps going here. Yeah, um, no we'll keep rocking. I got a couple more minutes to go. Um, now, I was, just, just, I was just saying, um, you've had a long career working with ESPN and Golf Digest. Um, I was just kind of curious, like, how have you been able to like maintain those relationships over the years? Cause that's, that's a one, that's a big job just in itself as a freelance photographer is like maintaining those relationships with the editors and who who's working there, where they go. Like, how have you been able to maintain the long relationship with some of those clients you've had over the years? Well, some of it speaks to the incredible editors who've had these long careers cause they're so great at their jobs. Yeah. And you know, I mean, like before Jim and I were in a company together, I mean, we worked together for 15 plus years. So yeah. um, that's, that's a big part of it. And they have, you know, there are some clients who have given me opportunities to, to, you know, to do really well for them. And those are the ones you tend to work longer with because mm -hmm. I've got other clients who you just never really got that job where you can actually like show them what you can do. Everything is just so small. You're like, yep. you know, is this all you want? And they're like, perfect. And you're like, I bet you'll never call me again. And like, yep. And like, okay, great. Um, I recently had the idea. I wanted to send resignation letters to clients who haven't hired me in like 10 years. Like I've now resigned. And like, what? what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, so that's part of it. The other part of it is that I just take it super seriously that I, if I have an opportunity, I'm, it's going to be an act of God that has to come in between me and getting it done. Yeah, you know, especially on some of these really big, high-profile things that are covers and everything else. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it, and mm -hmm. so um, that's what it, it, you know. It, it, it sounds dumb. I mean, like, I'm not saving the world. You know, my wife is actually in medicine, and she, she has an actual effect on people's lives. And she's got a real job, way. man. She's got a real job. Where is real that job, here? Man. <laughs> real, real job, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, she, if she she's at work right now, if she knew it was on a podcast, she'd be like, "Oh, that's nice. That's great. Good, good job." Good job. <laughs> Um, so, you know, 
for, for what it is, um, and you know, I love my job. I take it seriously. You know, the clients who have given me opportunities, I work even harder for. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's tricky because I've had a lot of times where, you know, I have a, new, a client who, you know, isn't for real and, you know, it's this limited budget and they want, you know, they, they'll pull pictures of my website and they're like, oh yeah, this ESPN project is really cool. Like, what if we do something like that? It's like, no, nah. yeah, you don't get that. Yeah. Because that client, not only have I, you know, worked, done, you know, I don't, I don't know how much money I've done with ESPN over the years, millions, yeah. probably something like, like that. Yeah. And any, I, I will, I will run full, you know, fully through a concrete wall for them if I yeah. can. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it is. Um, and it takes a photographer being serious enough and caring enough to make sure they're absolutely doing everything in their power to make it work. And that means not just performing and executing the thing that was possible, but constantly coming up with new ideas about what something they never expected. You know, it's something I've talked about in my podcast a bunch of times. And, you know, I think one of the people who we see and uh, always need to, um, always need to remember how special it was is like Chris Buck, you know, yeah. he famously for years would have a great shoot. And then also in the box of prints, you know, going, you know, him and him and I have been around forever. He's been around, I think even a little longer than I have. He, also there was this giant, beautiful surprise of something unexpected and wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it, it gets right back to not just performing your job admirably, but, it, but, inspiring your client to want to work with you again immediately yeah Um, and you know they don't have to call me there's a lot of people in the world who can do it for them and a lot of people quite honestly who'll do it for them a lot cheaper than i can yeah and or will i should say i can do whatever i want i take it very seriously what my role is uh and i try to really come with some very cool ideas some of which you know i had a meeting today a lot of cool ideas. We can't do most of them, but I mean, like, <laughs> you know, one of the ideas was to wreck a Lambo in a sand trap. Probably not going to be able to do that. I like know? it, Loomis. You're going big, man. You're going big. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, it's probably not going to be like a Gregory Crutzen set. We're going to shut down a golf course for like a, for a, for a month. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like you got to throw it out there. Cause what did they say? Fuck man. Yeah. Yep. I think we might be able to do that. You're like, okay. Like, yeah, you know, if you don't have a big idea, then no one's ever going to go with your like second biggest idea. Like True. you have to have something that someone is going to say no to in order for ever, anyone to be able to say yes to what's a little bit weird, but a good idea. So, you know, I've always thought about like, not just what I want to do, but like, what's the really crazy thing they're def- definitely going to say no to so that I hope they'll say yes to the thing that I really want to do. Yeah, it's um, just like so- over delivering in this kind of, it's not just... It's not just like you're not just getting hired to take the picture. It's like what can you, what what can you like deliver to your client? And like you know, I try to do as much as I can. Whatever is like, if I gotta handle all the production myself, like I'm happy to do it and like take stuff off their plate because you know they're busy with other stuff. So like whatever I can do to like deliver some service or technique or whatever, you know. The other part of it is, and this kind of some sometimes bridges you know and holds hands with the ideas is. You know, I, I have a, my photography has a point of view and, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's long and hard to develop, to yep. do a, a true point of view that if someone opens up a magazine or sees a key art for a show, they're like, you know, that looks like Loomis shot that. Like yep. I, 
you know, the way you respond to things and your personality through your imagery or through your creativity, you have to cultivate that. And you have to keep doubling down on that. And you have to have something that only they can only find with you because I mean, we, the tools now are so good. We yeah. all have these amazing tools. I mean, my iPhone is freaking amazing. Yeah. All this stuff is amazing. So it's not about that. There's, there's a lot of people in the industry who are like, Oh dude, I can do this. I can do that. And do that. Like, cool. That's great. What do you want to say though? And how do you want to say it? And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. It's like, right. So yeah. we have to recognize, I mean, personal vision is like one of those kind of real touchy feely kind of terms that, you know, we talk a lot about in journalism school and you know, developing and kind of things, but it's real, man. You, you listen. I mean, I love music. I've always loved music. And, you know, for years I kind of wanted to try to figure out how I can make, you know, how can I make like photographs or some creative piece that feels like a Tom Waits song mm. and like, you know, something like a Tom Waits song, like, you know, instantly, not even just in your brain, but like through your whole body, who it is and what it means. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that and it doesn't have to be tortured either. It doesn't have to come from some dark place, but it needs to come with impact and it needs to come with identity and it needs to be something that you need to say. Yeah, definitely. You have a perspective. Um, Uh oh, I lost you again. Shit, man. Lose me again. One, two, three. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I was excited to talk to you, man. Um, Eyeball podcast, everyone check it out. Uh, really no, another cool creative podcast, photographers, creatives. Um, like what was kind of your goal with uh, starting Eyeball, I guess? Uh, it's selfish, just purely selfish. You know, all that money in podcasts. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm getting no, rich, I mean, I, I, <laughs> Dude, so rich, so rich. Um, yeah, man, I, I, you know, it's it's like, it's it's a joy to talk to you today. And it's it's having more creative conversations you know i spent a lifetime wearing black shirts being in galleries drinking free beers complaining about what this client did why didn't someone didn't call me like the the shoot didn't go well blah blah that's all that stuff's all bullshit, man Mm -hmm. i want to talk about making new things being passionate and and enlarging my idea of what creativity can be for myself yep and so i you know, with my friends and with people I didn't even know, I, I wanted to have better and more interesting conversations. And I wanted to try to see if I could make a podcast, which kind of in my head sounded a little bit like a New Yorker article where it just takes all these weird twists and turns and you might learn something unexpected. Yeah. And so I've always born of that. And, um, you know, I mean, uh, hats off to you, man. You're doing a great job with photo banner. Uh, you got you're you're hustling and I know it's a ton of work. Yep. And uh, it's uh, it's been really fun. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I don't know about you, but I have I, I have a harder time interviewing my friends than I do like some person I've never met before. It, it's because it's, at least with my friends, it's because you normally like, I don't know, it, it's like a different like off camera. You talk different. It's just for me, I have a harder time interviewing my friends than strangers, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I I think what people really want in a podcast, and this isn't a you know, I've tried everything, but it's like people just want a good hang. I mean, yeah. no one really gives a shit about photography or movies or like like people just want to hang out with someone for a couple, an hour or two. Yeah. Everything's cool. We're gonna have have a couple laughs. You know, might learn something. So that's kind of how I view it. I mean, if if in the middle of a serious conversation about like whatever devolves into some fart jokes, great. Yeah. That's I mean. I'm, I'm, I'm all in for that kind of stuff. So I try not to take it too seriously. I try to be open to the, 
the opportunities of that conversation can have, especially with someone I don't know very well. It is somewhat easier, but I also then listened back to episodes with people I didn't know very well. And I didn't know that I learned something new about them. And I didn't even know to ask about it. Yeah. If I know them, like, you know, uh, we both have interviewed Hetherington. Oh, and, yeah. you know, you're, you had a, you had a good interview with him, but I'm listening to it and I know all these inside stories. I'm like, no, he just shouldn't know. He should have fucking asked him about this yeah, and yeah, that yeah. and this. And that so I can get things out of Andy that he might not necessarily want to like podcast about. No, He's not shy. Point. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, like, so I'm always passionate about just the same thing with photography about not necessarily finding a story no one's told before, but getting to that little nugget that like shines light on their creative process and, uh, learning something about someone. And ultimately it's the same thing with creativity. I'm learning something about myself, you know, yeah. we're always seeing the world and other people's experiences in the mirror and the lens of our own lives. And that's the coolest thing. I mean, that's why. I love being a portrait photographer. I love meeting people, man. I love seeing how we tick and then figuring out, oh, maybe that's why I am the way I am, you know? Yeah. So no, it's, it's a, a it's a, it's a cool job. Um, no. It's not an easy job. I mean, there are a lot of podcasts, but the numbers of podcasts have reached to, I mean, you're way past where I'm at, but like, I think I'm on the upper twenties or something like that. Yeah. Um, dude, like almost like 95% of all podcasts have like less than 10 episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. Most people. Yeah. yeah. I don't honestly I don't expect to do I it was never I just love doing it like getting to talk to photographers is the funnest totally. thing um I guess one point on one more point on the podcast what's your like dream guest is there anybody like any photographer creative like pipe dream like who, who would it be oh um you know my format's a little differently than than yours like every photographer isn't necessarily a good guest for me even the people who I really admire the work mm -hmm. it's more about particular things they're working on that inspire me or I think might inspire someone else. And so yeah. a lot of it has to do with um, people in transition. You know, a lot of the conversations I've been having recently are, you know, like the this great photographer in Colorado I recently had on, Jamie Kripke, who is very talented, super great. But he just started a uh, clock company. Mm. And, you know, like photography isn't a defined set of skills, which is only good for one thing creatives can solve and tackle challenges any of any kind yep. and can pivot and change and grow and scale and do whatever they want to do. And so part of the story that I've hoped my podcast has been telling, not just in photography, but creative, you know, creative wide is that we are all responsible for our own creative and, and personal and happy and happy lives. Like, there's no one telling you what to do. You have to be the one that builds that your bridges and your paths forward. Yeah. And so we're constantly saying, well, I can't do that because it's like, well, maybe, but yeah. <laughs> maybe you can. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, so the brave things that creatives do uh, to me are inspiring. So the, the conversations I want to have are really based on that. There's a lot of people I'd love to have on, but I kind of love the way it's gone. Like where I just like get inspired. Like I read something. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You know, like, the person I most want to have on next um, is a uh, Norman Jean Roy. Oh yeah, yeah, the famous uh, portrait fashion photographer yeah. who's now turned he's become a baker. Yeah, he's a full-time baker that. in Hudson Valley, and I got I got to learn kind of the nuts and bolts of that and like what he's learned and not doing it and how the what he used to do is related to what he's doing now. You know, like there's so much shared passion for detail stuff and portraiture and making bread 
yep. the, the, you know, he's funneling his creativity in a new thing and it's a new way. I want to hear what that's like. Um, so hopefully I'll, uh, be able to reach out to him and, and get him on. But you know, it's, it's stories like that. It's, it's less about names and more about the idea, the story, like what could be, and they don't, they don't all work out. I mean, some of the podcasts I've done are, I, I like these people. I'm great, but I didn't get them to the place I needed them to go to, you know, just like a, a photography assignment. Sometimes it was great. Like they look great, but did I get them anywhere? Maybe not. Yeah. But, and, uh, it, and it's just like such a, I'm still learning like how to like, like being able to communicate and like talk to people and like whatever you want to call it an interview or if you want to call it a conversation it's like it's like a real skill and like i mean i've done it for a few years now but i still like i'm i'm still trying to figure it out because it, it's a, people that do it really well man it's like anything other out anything else you're good at basketball you're good at photography people that are good at like conducting interviews it, it's really interesting craft and uh but it's fun yeah earlier today i was seeing on twitter that people were giving some interview tips to Oprah after her like Royal interview. Now I don't care anything about Royals at all. I couldn't, I really, I couldn't care less Yeah. though. I, you know, they seem like particularly very nice people and people were coming like, really you're giving Oprah interview tips. She's a billionaire because of her interviewing. She's like, like 10,000 like, of them. She's the OG of this. Like, you know, certainly actually that's not fair. She's definitely not the OG, but, you yeah. know, but, but, uh, she certainly knows what she's doing. And, uh, if you listen to her, one of the things that I'm always love uh, in interviewing and in journalism and, and storytelling in general, she has these really long pauses and talks yeah. slowly. And I try, you know, I always get excited and I start spitting out words. I'm, I'm not making any sense at all. Then I'm editing it later and I'm like, damn, this doesn't, what the hell was I trying to say? <laughs> and when I'm being thoughtful and I'm slowing down, I'm actually like getting to it. I'm, that's that's rewarding that that's something that uh i can i, I can come back to him like okay that wasn't bad yeah no definitely it's interesting for sure uh yeah and definitely everybody listening go check out the eyeball podcast for what's available what on apple Podcasts, spotify and all, basically anywhere, anywhere all of them yeah all of them um but i guess to wrap up john like what's next for you man what's got you inspired what are you any goals for the work moving forward what's 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 next man yeah, it's it's uh, more uh, runway, more big stuff coming with that. You know, we're excited to get you know our first uh, first dozen clients going and getting some new projects built, and you know, really figuring out how all these different nuts and bolts of that that uh, company work. That's really exciting. You know, personally, I have you know I'm I'm doing still doing the same thing. I'm still shooting uh, editorial and advertising work. Mm -hmm. Eyeballs kicking along, um, and uh, you know. I, Dude, I, I just want to get into some warmer weather, just be yeah, outside for real, some, for real, dude. get the grill started, you know, just, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to some warmth. I'm looking forward to some being outside. I'm just looking forward to kind of getting into this year and uh, having us all just being able to let our breath out a little bit and find some energy and just, just get after it. Right on, man. Well, uh, John, man, it's a real pleasure talking to you, dude. I'm glad we linked up and uh, really appreciate it. I appreciate it, Alex. Thanks for the time. So there you have it. That was the John Loomis interview. I uh, just want to thank John so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Uh, it was really exciting speaking to him about all the new projects he's been working on and his new creative studio, Runway 4, uh, with Rob Tringali and Jim Serber. Uh, really interesting stuff they got going on over there. So can't thank John enough. 
Um, but definitely go check out John's work at johnloomis.com as well. Definitely go give him a follow on Instagram at John Loomis. And you can also check out their new Runway 4 uh, Creative Studio website at runway4.com. As well, definitely go check out uh, John's podcast, The Eyeball Podcast. It's available on all podcast platforms. Really great conversations. So definitely go check that out as well. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts uh, every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as the Photo Banter YouTube page. Uh, so definitely go uh, check us out on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button as it'd be much appreciated. And as always, thanks so much and take care.